Yo, what's up, everybody? Back again, Sparklight. Um, it's a special episode today, man. It's a special episode because the regular season is officially over. Um, it's been a long road. I think this is what episode, what, 16 or something like that? Pretty much. Uh, I think I've done it every week besides one week. Um, so I want to thank all of you guys for the support you've shown me all season. Um, shout out all y'all for being here. Shout out y'all for taking this journey with me. Uh, first and foremost, I'll get to the playoffs and I'll get to, you know, all of that and stuff like that. But I just want to break down kind of like my experience with, you know, the WNBA and just what it was like to cover the, t the um, team this season. Um, number one, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think that my love for basketball as a sport has grown, you know, um, like, I'll see people all the time, like, have reasons as to why they don't watch the WNBA. Like, oh, they don't dunk. They don't do this. They don't do that. And for me, it all comes down to you just don't like basketball the way that you think you like basketball. Um, if you love basketball, then you'll genuinely enjoy the WNBA. Like, it's not a second-grade league. It's, it's, it's very good basketball. Like, honestly, if I had a son and I was trying to teach him how to play basketball, I would actually make him watch the women's game before I, I would make him watch the men's game. Reason being is, you know, so many things are just heightened in the women's game because they don't have the same level of athleticism that the men's game does, you know. So I actually think that um, the women might have higher basketball IQs than a lot of the men for the most part because they need it. Um, you know, if, if you have a 45-inch vertical and, you know, you can run fast as whatever and jump out the gym, you don't really need to know some of the small little nuances. You don't need to know about, you know, creating separation with your feet. Um, you know, maybe your footwork doesn't need to be as good. Maybe you don't need to know about, you know, certain angles on the court and how to get to the rim from this angle better, Roy. You know, certain things like that um, that I think is so prevalent in, you know, the um, women's game. For one, like isolation play, like it happens, but it's not as prevalent as it is in, like, the men's game. You know, like you don't have too many um, – um, um, now, granted, it's coming. It's coming. Like everything – some of the things we're talking about is coming, even athleticism, like – Diamond Shields, like I'm pretty sure she could be in the Olympics. She is a world class athlete. Um, Raquana Williams, she's a world class athlete. Um, Chelsea Gray, one of the best isolation players that we have in the um, WNBA. Um, so some of these things are coming, but it's not as prevalent as it is in the men's game. So therefore, things like teamwork, things like ball movement, things like setting a good screen, things like knowing how to come off a screen, things like um, um, knowing how to run the pick and roll. Things like just um, being in good um, position defensively. Um, things like playing defense without fouling. Um, you know, certain things like that are just heightened. So actually, if I had a son and I was trying to teach him about, you know, how to watch basketball and, you know, teach him really like the game of basketball and, um, you know, if, if, I, if, 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 if like I was trying to build an athlete, Build like the perfect um, basketball player. I would actually make him watch the WNBA before I made him watch the NBA, honestly, because some because some of these things um, are just heightened, and um, that's just what I've learned this season, man. Like it's, I've had a great experience. Um, all of the women are great, like great spirits, great personalities, um, and it's dope to see the level of camaraderie that. Um, they all have. Like, granted, I don't know about, about every team. I haven't been in every team's locker room, so I don't know. I'm just speaking about the Sparks. Um, the camaraderie that I see from this team is just amazing. Like, even after the worst losses, 
I can never remember a time which I walk in the locker room and like I feel like it's broken, you know, like I've seen them lose by 40 and I've seen them win by 40. And no matter what, when I walk in the locker room, I feel like I saw the same, I'm like seeing the same team. I I, I, I never feel like it's fractured. You know, uh, obviously, you know, we're, we're, they're, they're all athletes. Everybody has an ego. You know, everybody is there for a reason. They can all play basketball. You know, so you know, I'm 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 sure that um, as uh, Raquana Williams even referenced um, last game when you know the bench closed out the game against Minnesota, which was the last game of the season. Um, you know, everybody, you know, maybe they might feel a way about not getting the, the same minutes that they want to get. You know, that you know maybe they aren't getting as many shots as they want to get. Maybe they aren't getting as many plays ran for them as they want to get, but. When when I walk in the locker room, I never feel like they let individual egos and individual accolades and individual accomplishments get in the way of the main goal and fracture the team. You know, again, like whether they lost by 40 or whether they won by 40, I still feel like every time I went in, into the locker room, I saw the same team. Um, I think you got to commend Derek for that, like Fish. I think Fish should get a lot of credit for that. But also I think these women should get the bulk of the credit for that. Um, you know, even as, like, Fish says, like, you know, that the kind of like the gratifying part about being a coach is that you aren't the one that has to do it. They have to go do it. You know, you can call up the greatest scheme in the world, but if they don't execute, it really don't matter, you know. So, I mean, you can, you know, give out. He can, like, tell you what Tex Winter said nine million times. He can tell you what Phil Jackson said nine million times. But at some point in time, you know, uh, the women that's in the locker room have to take it up on themselves to say, you know what, team first. Um, and I think that's what they've done all year. And I think that that's why, you know, with, you know, um, um, coming to the end of the season, you know, with all the, the, the you know, the injuries they've had, the struggles they had early on, um, I think that that's why they sit where they sit. Uh, right now, they're third in the conference, so they get the uh, first round by. So they 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 won't play in the first round. They still will play a single elimination game against the lowest seed. So, you know, I think Wednesday you have Minnesota and Seattle, and you have Phoenix and Chicago. So, for instance, if uh, Phoenix beats Chicago, then the Sparks would play Phoenix in a single game elimination in LA. If um. Uh, Minnesota beat Seattle, and they will play Minnesota in a single game elimination in LA. Um, basically, they can play anybody besides the Sky. Um, the Sky are the highest. Well, yeah, besides the Sky, the Sky are the highest seed. So regardless, Vegas will be playing them. Um, but they can play anybody else besides the Sky. Um, so yeah, uh, but I think that's why they sit in the position that they sit in. You know, like there was there was. If this team had egos and, you know, if, if uh, this team was fractured um, or if they, you know, weren't as together as they um, are, um, there's many times during the season in which this thing could have went south. You know, when you're sitting at 8-8, eight and eight, especially with all the expectations that were hampered up on this team. I mean, you know, for one, you bring in Fish. You know, Fish has had his struggles, um, criticized for the way the New York thing handled out. Well, well uh, um, you know, went even though I don't think that was necessarily his fault. I think that um, even he's alluded to it. You know, like he kind of left with a sour taste in his mouth dealing with the politics. And even I don't even think 
what he had in New York was the best situation to be able to succeed in. Um, you talking about a team in transition. Um, I think at the same point in time, like Noah couldn't even play because of his contract. Fields trying to kick Melo out. You bring in Porzingis. So Porzingis is really the guy you want to hang the reins over to, but Melo's still here. Field trying to kick Melo out. You really don't have a real direction, and you bring in a coach and want him to be successful under those circumstances. And that's kind of unrealistic, and it's kind of also unfair. But regardless, somebody has to be the scapegoat. And I think in many situations, when I in when I in many situations, but in many people's mind, it was fish. I think people blame fish for a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily know if it was fish fought for. And granted, maybe he didn't do the best job. You know, again, it's his first uh, head coaching job. Obviously, you know, like nobody. I don't think anybody wins MVP in their rookie year. Most coaches don't win coach of the year in their rookie year. You know, you have a very slight, a very select few that come in immediately um, for their first coaching job ever and have immediate success. You know, you saw Steve Kerr do it. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't remember too many people who came in in their first coaching job ever, like never coached before and had immediate success. Usually it doesn't work like that. So I think that uh, Fish analyzed his mistakes, analyzed what went wrong, um, came to the W rectify some of those mistakes. And I also think that he was just put in a much better situation to succeed. Um, having Candace Parker, having NECA, having Chelsea, you know, having people who were established all-stars, MVPs, to me that always makes the transition easier because, again, you don't have to coach as much. You know, like some, some things they just know. I think NECA as an MVP knows how to win basketball games. I think Candace Parker, one of the best – basketball players to ever play knows how to win basketball games. I think Chelsea Gray, who was a what, two-time All-Star before he even came, knows how to win basketball games and knows how to play the game of basketball. You know, you got Shanae Gumake off the bench. She's been an All-Star before. I think she knows how to play basketball. Um, Elena Beard, what, 16, 17-year veteran, two-time defense player of the year, been an All-Star. Um, I think she knows how to play basketball. You know, so I think that the cast of members that he had made it much easier, um, made the transition easy. And I also think that he made the transition easy on them. Um, you know, I don't think he, uh, I think he focused more on the principles of basketball rather than like the X's, the, the X's and O's. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he even alluded to that, excuse me. He even alluded to that, um, you know, after, Sunday's game against Minnesota that, um, you know, like what wins you championships isn't that cool out-of-timeout play you call. Like that's not the stuff that wins you championships. It's setting good screens. It's it's uh, making the right pass. It's making the best pass. It's, uh, you know, having good position on defense. It's, you know, the small things win you championships. And I think that that's what he focused on more, um, getting them to communicate defensively, getting them to trust each other offensively, um, you know, setting good screens, um, making the right play. Um, I think that he focused on those things, and that's also what made the transition easier instead of coming in trying to, you know, implement the the the, the most um, the most innovative – triangle offense or the most innovative offense or the most innovative defensive scheme, we're going to keep it simple and we're going to go back to the basic principles of basketball. 
if we can master the basic principles of basketball, everything else we'll figure out. You know, if we know how to just make the right read, certain things we'll get just because we played better basketball than you. Some games we'll win because we played better basketball than you because we made the right pass more than you did. So we cut our turnovers down and you had 20. With no scheme for that, we just made the right pass. You know, uh, we had good position on defense. We played defense without fouling. So, in turn, you didn't shoot 20 free throws. You shot six. <laughs> you know, we 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 didn't bail you out because we wanted to get overzealous. We just put our hands up and played good defense. Those are the things that win you championships, and I think that those are the things that he focused on um, more than, you know, focusing on, again, some crazy offensive scheme. Um even the work that he's done with Chelsea Gray, like I was watching her um, in the last game against Minnesota um, that they won. And just seeing how she navigated the pick and roll is just so different from how she was navigating the pick and roll earlier in the season. Now, granted, she's always been, um, you know, extremely talented. Um, even even from day one when I looked um, and watched her, you could tell she was probably one of the best point guards in the um, league. But... I still feel like Fish being a point guard and being able to coach her um, helps a lot, especially in the pick and roll. Like, the way she navigates the pick and roll is a thing of beauty. Um, I think that she reminds me, honestly, a lot of, like, a in certain ways, when she navigates the pick and roll, like an Andre Miller. You know, like Andre Miller, if, if, if you guys don't know who Andre Miller is, please go do some research. Um, now, granted, she knows how to get in transition and throw some Magic Johnson in there. But the way she navigates the pick and roll to me is like an Andre Miller. Like, she's very, very patient. She's, which is one thing I have to compliment her on that she's improved upon throughout the season. It's just her patience in, in the um, pick and roll. Like, I know there was a certain point in time in which I felt like she was too patient and she would wait so long and kind of get caught in no man's land. Now I feel like she's navigating. Like, she'll wait to the very last second. But she'll make the decision that she wants to make before it gets to be too late. You know, I think that she's dictating how the defense will react and is not at all letting the defense dictate how she reacts on those screens. You know, I think that she's pulling all the strings, personally. And I think you got to give a lot of fish a lot of credit with that. And also the fact of how much trust he shows in her now. You know, like he'll leave her out there for 40 minutes. He'll play her for 40 minutes. Granted, now sometimes I think 40, he shouldn't play up 40 minutes because I worry about, you know, that's just a lot of stress to put on one's body. But same time, usually when she does play 40 minutes, I know uh, TPJ got a, got a chance to ask her post-game, um, you know, how she deals with that and, you know, how she gets rest um, mid-game. She said that, you know, she'll use timeouts um, for rest. She'll use free throws for rest, um, you know, certain things like that. But also, I know I, I, earlier in the season I said that, I think the Sparks need to use Candace Parker like Jokic, and they do a lot of times. So even her playing 40 minutes, it's not like she's playing the James Harden-type 40 minutes. You know, she's not the one dribbling the ball up court every single possession. Everything in the offense isn't setting up from her. You know, like you have Candace there to, to take some of the load off. She can bring the ball up and give it to you on a handoff, which is much less stress than you dribbling the ball up, being pressed 94 feet, and you got to get into your offense. You know, so she gets she gets to get rest throughout this 40 minutes where it's not like, 
again, she's not playing like a James Harden type 40 minutes where every single thing comes from her. And she doesn't get to get any rest off ball. You know, a, a, lot, a, a lot of what she does is off ball. But, but then when she gets the ball in her hands, she's great with making decisions. Um, and she probably is one of the best transition players um, in the league. I mean, she can pull up. Um, you've seen her passing ability. Um, she can finish at the rim. Um, she pretty much has it all. Um, so, you know, you, you got to commend her, commend Fish, commend NECA. Um, NECA, listen, Deladon is going to run away with MVP. It's not close. All right? It's not at all close. But NECA should get some votes. She should get at least five first place votes. NECA should get the other 90. Not NECA. Deladon should get the other 95. Deladon is the first women's player, first player in WNBA history to have a 50 40 90 season. Washington, I think, is also the favorites. I think if Washington did not win a ring, it would be a disappointment for Washington. Um, I think that they probably have one of the best teams in WNBA history. Now, granted, if you get into a series, you can muck things up, you can slow things down. Um, a lot of what they do, I think, is based off rhythm. So if you could throw off their rhythm a little bit, hey, you give yourselves a shot. But at least just on paper, when you look at what they did, I think they went 26 and 8. Um, you know, Deladon having, I mean, you could argue one of the, the, I mean, you could probably literally argue she's having probably the best season in WNBA history. If you wanted to make that argument, you probably have grounds for that argument. So again, NECA's going to win MVP. Like it's 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 not close. Necker's not not Necker. Excuse me. Deladon's gonna win MVP. It's not close. She's gonna run away with it. But Necker should get some votes. I think you got to commend what she's um, done all season. Again, pretty much she's missed what two games. It, there was a Space Jam game, and then she lowered Manning's. Um, I think it was the game after the. It was the Dream game, the um, Elena Dream game that came down to the wire. Um, she lowered managed that night, and it was a game early in the season, in which I think she shot Space Jam, lowered managed that game. But for the most part, what they played 34 games, she pretty much been out there all 34. Um, so you got to commend that. Um, pretty much every night, she was somebody that you could look to, and she was a comforting presence and a comforting force for this team. And I think she should win Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, for the most part, Besides the game in which they play at Washington, um, you 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 really don't see anybody ever have a good night on NECA. When you play NECA or Guma K, I think the opposing big knows that they got their work cut out for them. Again, for the most part, nobody has a great night against NECA. You know, I think TRP's defense is flashier um, because she's the one pressing you full court. Um, she's the one that's being the pest. But I think that NECA or Guma K has been the anchor for this defense Um all season, and I think that she should win Defensive Player of the Year. If not win Defensive Player of the Year, she should be first team all defense hands down. Now, granted, I don't know if she'll get it because you know I think that um, certain people have uh, better stat lines than she does defensively. Like they probably average more rebounds, like John Quill Jones. Um, you know, I think uh, um, Natasha Howard is the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. I'm sure she has more rebounds, probably averages more blocks per game, um, so it looks sexier, but. NECA plays the, the type of defense where you don't score, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> also, she might not get many blocks because she's just in great position. You know, like, I, I, I think blocks and steals sometimes, when you talk about defense, can be a little bit overrated. Um, you know, blocks and steals don't always mean you're a great defender. 
I mean, you can go for steals and jump the passing lane too much and give up buckets. You know, averaging two blocks don't necessarily mean you a great, you know, uh, 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 rep attack. It just means you jump at everything. So you might be a person that we can get off your feet. So sometimes it's better just put your hands up and do this than even block the shot. You know, just force somebody in into a tough shot than try to block the shot, end up picking up the foul, things like that. But I think NECA, again, NECA has been a stabilizing force for this team all year. Um, you know, even when things were bad, when things were great, the one person you could look to is Neka Agumake. She'd be right there, dump me the ball, I'll get you a bucket, I'll bail you out in a uh, tight situation. So shout out Neka and the job she's done all year. And Candace Parker, man, um, you know, earlier in the season, um, well, actually, that, that was a poll that came out that I guess WMA players voted Candace Parker for, I think, the most overrated player in the league, which I think is completely unfair. Um, I think that since she's gotten healthy pretty much since the All-Star break, she's been lights out. I think arguably since the All-Star break, she's been the best player on this team and and, and, the, and the catalyst every night. She's been scoring more recently. Um, her passing has been incredible. Um, and she's she's looking like the Candace Parker that we all know and love. Um, and, you know, what she's won, I think, uh, Player of the Week twice since the All-Star break. I think she just won it this week. I know her and Deladon won it a previous time. I think it was maybe right after the All-Star break when um, she won it. Um, she's been great. Um, and and I think since the All-Star break, she's been a big reason for this, what I think is 14-game home winning streak. Um, she's a big reason as to why they're sitting third right now. Um, I think that she's like kind of, again, I, I, I said she needs to be like the Jokic for this team, and I think she is like the Jokic for this team. Like she does so much. She could score eight points, but – could have eight rebounds and eight assists. Um, she's pretty much, honestly, a triple-double threat every night. Now, she might not get one every night, but she's a person who can realistically get close to a triple-double every night. Now, granted, her stats on the season say 11, 6, and 3, and 1, and basically 1, but she's much better than that. Um, I think a lot of that is just earlier on in the season when you know she was getting back, finding the rhythm, being in and out of the lineup. Um, but again, since she's been back on the court, and a um, consistent participant every night. She's been great. Um, Sydney Weiss, I mean, seeing her growth throughout the season has has been incredible. Um, she pretty much has been the leader in plus minus, I think, the past four games. I think I had an episode, like the first couple episodes, in which I said I think that her effect will be shown in, in the plus minus most nights and not on the stat sheet because she does so much that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Um, but looking forward towards the playoffs, um, again, I still have the fear, you know, of them getting shot out the gym. Um, I think that Chicago is a matchup you want to avoid. Um, obviously, Washington is Washington. Um, but uh, I, I, I think my two worst fears um, for the Sparks is Chicago and Washington. But the thing about Chicago is if you get into a series with Chicago, which is what you would probably end up getting into um, if Chicago – were to advance past the single-game elimination, they would end up playing Vegas and, again, another single-game elimination, and then you would enter into a series with Chicago. And, again, entering into a series is is, is a little bit different because, I mean, you know, I don't know if you're going to stay hot and if you're going to hit, uh, you know, 18 threes every night in a series. But, again, in one game, you, you can come in and get hot, hit about 18 threes. Um, you know, somebody can go for 30 points. Vanderslook go for 30 points, quickly go for 30 points. Um, Diamond 
you know, one of the most athletic players in the league. She could easily go for 20-something points. Um, things like that could happen. But in a series, I would like the Sparks' chances against the Sky. I think they have a better all-around team, and I think that some of the things that the Sky do could very well just not work one night. And I think that the Sparks have shown have shown that they can win games in a couple more ways than what the Sky have shown. I think that if the Sky's offense isn't working, I don't know if they're going to pull the game out. I think that the Sparks can get by for a game because of their defense if their offense isn't working. Like, they have stretches in which, you know, they may go, like, they may have a quarter in which they score eight points that entire quarter, but they might hold you to six. You know, so they kind of, like, stabilize the fact that they weren't scoring by their defense. Um, I don't know if Chicago can do that. Um, so in a series, I would like uh, the Sparks' chances. Honestly, in a series, I think the Sparks can beat anybody besides Washington. Washington is, is the only team where it's like that would be a situation in which I would pick Washington <clears throat> because, again, Washington just looks like world beaters. Like They look like, again, one of the best teams in WNBA history. Um, but anybody else, I love the chances against them. Now, the team that also would scare me in, in, in a um, single-game elimination would be the Mercury. I think the Mercury are better than their record. Um, again, Di- Diana Taurasi is still Diana Taurasi. Now, I know she hasn't looked great since she's come back off injury. She's, she's looked a little rusty. She's looked her age a little bit. But that's still Diana Taurasi. That's still one of the greatest women's basketball players to ever play the game. She come in here, hit five threes, go for 24 points. You also got um, Bonner. You also have uh, Brittany Griner. That team is a little bit better than the AFC. Like I, 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 I think that team is 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 their record doesn't really do them justice. I think they've had some injuries. Um, again, Diana's been out, you know, and 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 they've kind of um, um, slipped up here and there. But I think for them, they just wanted to get in the playoffs, um, you know. So. That's a team that would scare me because it, because of just the star power um, that they have. I mean, you're talking about what I think they had, two All-Stars. Um, make sure of that. I know Griner was an All-Star. And um, um, look it up for you. One second. Um, yeah, uh, Griner was an all-star, and DeWanna Bonner was an all-star. All right, so you got two all-stars, and then you add that in back in with Diana Taurasi. So you're really talking about three all-stars, right? Um, so, again, I think that team is a little bit better than their record. So if they played that team, that's a matchup that, hey, is dangerous. I don't think... Diana Taurasi cares where she play you at in the playoffs. Diana going to be Diana if Diana going to be Diana. <laughs> Diana Taurasi is going to be Diana Taurasi if Diana Taurasi decides to be Diana Taurasi. And also Minnesota. Um, the last game of the season when I you know, saw them play Minnesota, I'm like, you know what? Sylvia Fowles, you got Simone Augustus, you know, you got some talent. Um, even uh, um, 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 Nafisa Collins. Look, I want everybody to stop saying that there's a discussion for Rookie of the Year. There's not. Nafisa is an all-star. Now, granted, I I, I know um, 
I had the Trey Young Luka Doncic argument. Um, I think that Luka had a better first half. I think Trey Young had a better second half. But both of those teams sucked. I do think winning should have something to, something to do with rookie of the year. And the FISA has been one of the, honestly one of the best teams, not not best teams, but best players on Minnesota. She's contributed to winning basketball. She was an all-star, and she's been consistent all year. Now, granted, nobody can replace Maya Moore, but they ask her in a lot of ways to replace Maya Moore. That's a tough shoes to feel, but I think she's done a great job of that. But, again, they have her. They have Simone Augusta. They have, they have Sylvia Fowles. They will not be an easy out. Now, I do think that against them, they're a team where, you know, you, you can kind of force them to shoot the ball because they aren't a great three-point shooting team. But, again, having Sylvia down low, she can realistically go for 20 and 20 any given night. Um, that's a matchup that, again, like pretty much every team in the playoffs – I think it's a little bit better than, well, all of the lower seeds as far as when you talk about Seattle, you talk about uh, Minnesota, and you talk about the Mercury, are a little bit better than their record. Um, I think that Seattle, for them to even be in this position, uh, missing Brianna and missing Sue Bird is um, incredible, honestly. And you can see how they won the championship. And if they had all of those um, people um, 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 not on the injury list right now, they probably would be the best team. I mean, you would you would be talking about Washington and Seattle probably for a rematch again in the um, finals. Um, but regardless, um, I like the Sparks' chances. Um, again, I told y'all this back in, I don't even know, probably July. If this team gets healthy, I think you're looking at a real championship team. And um, I still think that, man. Like, even if they get to the finals against Washington, I give them a shot. I give them a shot, you know, like – I think that you're looking at defense combating offense. And defense wins championships, as everybody says. So um, we'll see. We'll see. But um, Derek Fisher for coach of the year. Neka Agumake for defensive player um, of the year. And I think you got to commend the job that the Sparks have done um, throughout this regular season. Um, and... Uh, yeah, go Sparks. It's been Sparklight. And hopefully next time we talk, I will not be talking about a playoff exit. I'll be talking about um, the semifinals. So uh, we'll see. Um, talk to you guys later and appreciate all the um, support. It's been Sparklight.